All right. Well, good morning. We're so glad you guys are here with us on this beautiful day. It is such a nice November day. And so thank you guys for braving the weather to get here and be with us this week. It's a great week. It's Thanksgiving week. Thanksgiving to me is the most underrated holiday. Uh, it is awesome. Uh, we were the first country, if you don't know, I love American history, the first country to make uh, holidays surrounded with thankfulness. And so it's a big deal uh, for us. And it's a great week. Uh, some of my favorite foods happen in Thanksgiving. If you listen to the podcast, Violently Uninspired, you do know that I think turkey is overrated, and I think that you have to be honest and agree with it. Turkey is overrated, but everything else at Thanksgiving is usually pretty wonderful. And so it is Thanksgiving week. We're so glad you guys are here. If you're new, we're super excited you guys are here with us. If you're watching online, uh, if you're traveling this week or because of the weather, you stayed at home. We're so glad you guys are tuning in or watching later. Uh, if you're a first-time guest, make sure and stop by the Welcome Center. On your way out, we have a gift for you just for coming today. I will go ahead and tell you, I got some throat stuff going on. It's that time of year, and so I will be drinking water, and if I just start coughing a lot, just start talking to your neighbor, okay, and we'll get through it, uh, and so, because it's hard with the mic, but I, I'll try my best. So, uh, this is Thanksgiving week, like I said. Uh, download the app. Thanksgiving always means that Grinchmas is about to happen, so Grinchmas will be happening in a few weeks, November 9th, 10th, and 11th. Uh, it's our community offering that we do. We turn this whole building into the story of the Grinch. And so we need help that week setting up. We have thousands of people that will come through. Tickets will go on sale. They're not on sale because they're free, but we have to uh, organize it to make sure we have the right amount of people in the building and actually have enough volunteers. But tickets will be released this week, I think actually on Black Friday. And so make sure if you have a certain time or day you need to come uh, to get on there early and get your tickets for Grinchmas. Like I said, it's free, so invite your friends, family, neighbors. Um, it is amazing if you've ever been to Grinchmas what our team is able to do with this building. Um, and people always have a great time doing it. So um, one of the things that I think is so fascinating about this week. Like I said, I think Thanksgiving is a little bit underrated. Uh, it falls in between, you know, Halloween and Christmas. Um, but one of the things that's interesting to me about this week is Thanksgiving, like I said, is this day where we're supposed to be thankful for everything that we have and that we've been given and we get together with family and, and do all of this stuff. And it's interesting because there's this whole day and really this whole week kind of leading up to this idea of gratitude and thankfulness for everything that we've been blessed with. And then 24 hours later, and not even 24 hours later, is Black Friday, <laughs> followed up by Cyber Monday, and tucked in there, which you should support, is Small Business Saturday, right? Okay, and, and so, or it's, I mean, it doesn't matter, but Small Business Saturday, support your small businesses. We have several small business owners here, and you should support them. Now, what's interesting is you have this day of thankfulness followed up by a short little period of consume, 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 right? And let's be honest, can we for just a second? Some of you may say, well, the reason I Black Friday is because I want to get the best deals for other people. The other people wanted the TV that's hanging in your living room. Is that what happened? They wanted that ninja, you know, coffee maker or blender that, that was for them. Okay. So isn't it interesting? Now, one of the things I think about sometimes, and maybe I'm weird for this, but Every once in a while, I get in this place where I kind of look at everything that I have. I mean, I've been so blessed. Uh, we live in a nice house, and we have nice things, and, and you know, me and my wife have worked hard for those things, and that's a lot of our, our thinking behind it. But every once in a while, I get in this place where I start to think this, and it's kind of a weird thing, and maybe you never thought about this, but I wonder, what would I own, and what would I have so when you think about everything that you own and everything that you possess and everything that you have in your house and your car and your clothes and all of your gadgets and all of this, 
what would I own if I didn't know what everybody else owned? Think about that. All of the stuff that I want, would I still want that stuff if I didn't know that other people had that stuff and wanted it themselves? I wonder sometimes how much influence of what I want is based on what you have. I wonder sometimes if, if it's like this thing of, you know, would I really still want those things if I didn't know that everybody else wanted it? Would I really still want that thing if I wasn't told, you know, over and over again that this is something I just have to have? And so if I didn't know what anybody else owned, and I didn't know what you drove, and I didn't know where you lived, and what's in your house, and what clothes that you're wearing, and all of those things, if I didn't know those things, would I still want the things that I want? I also wonder, how much more money would I have saved or how much more money would I have given away if I didn't know what you have? And my problem is this. I know too much about what others have, right? I do. I know what people have. And it doesn't help that, you know, I have a kind of a personal vendetta against social media, but that's just one of those things. Um, Isn't it interesting, you know, that people have to post that, right? I got this, or I bought this, or I'm driving this, or look at what I did, or all of these things. But what's interesting about it is if I didn't know all of that stuff, would I still want it? And the interesting to me is that information, especially when it comes to items and stuff, it makes me dangerously discontent. And it lures me towards the edge of financial ruin, as some of us know. And it lures me towards the edge of jealousy and envy. It lures me towards the edge of making decisions that normally, if somebody came up to me and told me you shouldn't make that decision or buy that thing because it's not a good time or you don't have the resources or whatever, you would tell somebody that. But then if it's something you want, what do you do? You talk yourself into it. And here's the thing. I own things that I regret buying I've owned things that six months later, I'm just happy to get half my money back by selling it on Fit Marketplace or wherever you sell your used stuff. But I think the bigger thing is, it, is this, is that when we consume stuff, and let me go ahead and say this, that I am as, as guilty of this as anybody in this room. And so when I was working on this, I, I'm looking at this for myself, like I'm preaching this for myself as much as anybody. But here's the thing, is that when I consume things, thinking that it will fill me. You ever bought something and you're just like, if I can just get this one thing, I'm not going to buy anything else for like two years because this is going to satisfy me, right? You ever done that? And it's like this weird thing where that if I consume it, I feel like this appetite within me is going to be fulfilled. But the problem with appetites, as we all know, is they are never fully and finally satisfied. And buying things, and this is a bad comparison, but it works for me, so I'm just going to say it. Buying things for me is like eating Chinese food, right? You ever ate a bunch of Chinese food, and you're like, I can never eat again, and then an hour and 45 minutes later, you're ready to eat more food, right? That's the nature of an appetite. It's never fully and finally satisfied. And so today, as we talk about this toxic thing, let me go and say it's going to be personal. Some of you guys are going to hate what I have to talk about, and that's okay. Usually the things that I hate to hear, the things I probably need to hear the most, is what I've learned about myself. Um, And so we're going to talk today specifically when it comes to this toxic idea. And here's the thing. We're going to focus less on other people, as we've kind of been focusing the last couple weeks, and more on ourselves. Because I think this is one of those things that we all have to take a look at. And so week one, we introduced of all those things we talked about, 
one of the toxic people that can be in your life, and maybe you do think of other people, but I think of myself, is someone that's greedy, right? Now, just like gossip last week, by show of hands, does anybody in here consider themselves greedy? I have one, two people. Good. We have a couple honest people. The rest of you are liars as well. <laughs> now, here's my favorite definition for greed. The definition of greed that I like, that I use, is the assumption that it's all for your consumption. It's living with the assumption that everything you've been given, every opportunity you've been given, every materialistic thing you've been given, everything that you can see is the assumption it's all for your consumption, that it's all for you. Now, I'll be honest, being greedy, some people are honest about it, but it is difficult to see, right? Sometimes it's one of these things that's difficult for us to see in ourselves because nobody wants to consider themselves greedy. And the other thing about greed is this, is when we look at ourselves, we might be like, yeah, you know what? I like a lot of stuff and I like to buy stuff and you know all this, but at least I'm not as greedy as them, because there's always somebody else that we can look at and say, well, they're, they're greedier than I am. So in comparison, right, I'm not that bad. And so here's the thing. To me, this becomes a heart issue. It's like we talked about last week with gossip. It's when we're unwilling to deal with that stuff that's inside of us, that consumes us. And so this is a heart issue for me, and we're going to discover this and kind of talk through this a little bit today. But before we get into what Jesus has to say about it, um, I want to show you that, that everybody in culture deals with this. This is not a Jesus versus you or Jesus versus culture. Um, there's been some great quotes throughout history. We'll start with Socrates, <clears throat> one of the great early philosophers. He says this, he who is not contended with what he has would not be contended with what he would like to have. It's a great quote. If you're not content with what you have you're not going to be content with what you'd like to have. Gandhi once said this, earth provides enough to satisfy every man's need, but not every man's greed. Warren Buffett, one of the richest men to ever walk the face of the planet, says, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Thoreau, the famous poet, says, it's the preoccupation with possessions more than anything else that burns us from living freely and nobly. Dostoevsky, in his famous novel, The Brothers Karamovs, says this, The world says you need, you have needs, satisfy them. You have as much right as the rich and the mighty. Don't hesitate to satisfy your needs. Indeed, expand your needs and demand more. <coughs> this is the worldly doctrine of today, and they believe that this is freedom, the result for which rich is isolation and suicide, for the poor is envy and murder. It's a great book if you've never read it, by the way. And then my favorite, I want an Oompa Loompa, scream Veruca. <laughs> so what does Jesus have to say about it? He says in Luke chapter 12, then he said to them, speaking to those that were willing to listen to him, watch out and be on guard against all kinds of greed. So apparently in Jesus' mind, there's multiple types of greed, all kinds of greed. There's different levels of it. He says, be on the guard against all kinds of greed. Then he gets real specific. Life does not consist in the abundance of possessions. Now, in other words, and here's the thing, a man or a woman's life does not consist in the abundance of his or her possessions. And he says this, and what's interesting is that for a lot of us, we would agree with this statement, right? We would want to believe that we're above believing that our life consists of the abundance of possessions that we have right? 
And Jesus says this is a type of greed that, that we can live our whole lives. And it's the assumption, again, that it's all for our consumption. It's the assumption that life equals the acquisition of more stuff, that life that equals the purchasing of more stuff, that life equals more and better stuff, new and shinier and better and upgrading. And we want to say that we don't believe that, but then what do we do? We go and we consume and we consume and we consume, and a lot of us, we decide whether we're happy or not based on the things that we have, right? You ever use this, like, a, 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 you know, I'll just die if I don't get that? Really? You're going to die if you don't get that? Or, you know, I remember this one, like, everybody else has one mom, Right? Everybody else. I've said this before, but, but I think it's true. I think it's important to remind ourselves that these things that we acquire, these things that we have to have, that we'll just die if we don't have, everything that you have owned or will own is the things of future yard sales and landfills. Did you know that? You ever been to an estate sale? There's nothing sadder to me than an estate sale. It's like this idea that this, this person, all of these things that they've acquired, and now they're gone, and they're like, let's just get rid of it as cheap as we can, right? Let's get rid of it. So that leaves us with the question of life has to be more than just owning stuff, right? I mean, this is what Jesus is getting to. It has to be more than just owning stuff. Life has to be more than just the acquisition of things. But yet so many of us live as if it's not. And then what's fascinating to me is that when it comes to greed, none of us would think we're greedy, but, but we live as if life is the acquisition of things, and then somebody comes along and says something like, would you like to make a donation? Would you like to help out? Can you give? And what we do is we immediately think about our checkbook, or nobody uses a checkbook anymore. We go onto our app you know, for PNC Bank or whatever, and we click on it, or we think about how much money we have. And we say, you know what, I can't give because I don't have it. Never mind that you just spent two and a half weeks trying out how you could upgrade your car, right? You ever done that? You're running through all the numbers trying to figure out how you could get that loan and how you can trade it in and what the value of that would be. Or you've spent countless hours being extraordinarily creative trying to finance a new house that you want. And so you get a bridge loan until you can sell the other one because, you know, you have to live six miles apart in this new neighborhood and all of this stuff. Or how about this one? You ever had a payment that you split up on five different credit cards, right? You ever had a vacation, you split up on a couple different credit cards so that you can make the payment. You ever paid off a credit card with another credit card? Here's my point. We will spend all kinds of energy, all kinds of time, and all kinds of resources trying to upgrade our lifestyle and acquire more things. But then when it comes to being generous, we say, I better not because I don't have the cash. Never mind you that not having the cash has never stopped you from buying anything in the past, has it? We don't let the fact that we don't have the cash stop us from upgrading our lifestyle. And so Jesus comes along and says, listen, be careful and don't get caught in the trap believing that life is just about acquiring more and more stuff. And so God says, you know, if that's what your life becomes about, well, then, then that's kind of greed, isn't it? It's just about you and what you can get. Aren't you glad you came to church today, right? You know, you feel so much better about yourself. 
I mean, basically, our whole culture is built around this, isn't it? Getting more, bigger, and better. And again, I believe that this is not a financial issue. It's not a financial problem. It's a heart issue. Isn't it amazing how different our attitudes towards spending is toward, different than our attitude towards giving? They're, I mean, completely opposite. It's amazing. In other words, we will spend money we don't have for things we don't need. That's not a new insight. But then when it comes to being generous with what we've been given and our resources, we immediately go the other direction. We will turn around and leverage and borrow and make stupid financial decisions purely for the sake of our lifestyle of what we drive, where I live, what I sit on, what I wear. But when it comes to being generous, we just don't have the time or the resources. And it's a heart issue. <clears throat> There's that cough. Now, I want to take a look at what Jesus says a little bit deeper because he has this great thing that he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. And here's what he says. He says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. I didn't know I was going to use this translation, but isn't vermin such a good word? All right. Do not store for yourself treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And so what he's saying is, he's saying, you can acquire stuff here on earth, but just like I said about landfills and yard sales, something's going to happen to that stuff eventually. You're not going to have it forever. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Now, Here's where some people get off on this, okay, a little bit different, is what they think is, okay, well, this is saying that, that you shouldn't have nice things, and this is saying that you shouldn't have a savings account, and this is saying you shouldn't start a college fund, you know, he's just saying that you shouldn't, no, he's not saying any of that at all. He's not saying you don't be irresponsible. He's not saying you don't be lazy. In fact, the Bible will talk about that much later, okay? He's not saying that you should go out and liquidate everything that you have and live on the street, He's not arguing for irresponsible living. What he is saying is something we should all know and we should all remind ourselves of when it comes to this idea. The stuff you just had to have, where is it? Where is it? And I'm not just talking about the latest thing you got last week. I'm talking about that thing you got six months ago, that thing you got 10 years ago, that thing you, you had to have or you'll die. Where is it? Because my assumption would be about myself and maybe about a lot of you is the stuff that you just had to have that, that you acquired because that equals life. That is in a box in your attic somewhere. It's already at Goodwill. Anybody have the coat rack treadmill? You know what I'm talking about? Like the, the workout equipment that now has become a place to hold other things. Where is that stuff? And, and was it the treasure that you hoped it would be? And Jesus understands something, and, he, and here's what he says, and I love this. He goes on to verse 21, he says this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Well, it was supposed to come up, but that's my fault, maybe. Okay, no, it is. Therefore, your treasure will be the heart will be also. Now, now here's what's fascinating. Leave that up for a second. Do you know that I can tell where your heart is. Now, I'm going to need a little bit of access to your bank account. But if you give me access to your bank account or your American Express or your Visa card, I can tell you exactly where your heart is because it's where you spend your money. And it's where your money goes. It's what you're doing with your money. That's where your heart is. And so there's a good question that comes out of this. So if our treasure is where our heart is, and our heart is in the acquisition and the acquiring of more stuff. Here's a question. 
do you own your stuff or does your stuff own you? Right? Is, is it that you are in control or is the stuff in control and the stuff is leading you in a different direction? And here's what's fascinating to me is this idea that Jesus teaches. He says, where your money is, it's only a matter of time before your heart will follow. And isn't this interesting? That your money and what you chase after has the potential to redirect your heart. And if that's true, is it possible through generosity and giving that we can actually redirect our heart towards something different than greed? Possibly. And then he gives us this illustration. And this illustration is, is a brilliant illustration. And it's the one that you should all pay attention to and understand about yourself. Because some people, they deny this and they don't understand this, but it's true of all of us. Jesus was a brilliant teacher. And here's who else understands this. Amazon understands this, right? You ever logged on to Amazon and that front page is all stuff that you just need based on what you already bought before, right? You know, the other day, I didn't know they were doing this. Amazon now sends out a catalog. Remember catalogs? Did you get one of those? My kids thought that was the greatest thing in the world, right? They have a catalog and they're marking it and they're, they're checking it and doing all of this stuff. Amazon understands this. Mercedes-Benz understands this. Anybody get a Mercedes-Benz for Christmas? Because the commercials made me believe that everybody was getting one, right? <laughs> you ever get one? I've never got one. Apple understands this. And here's what they all understand that you have to understand that Jesus understood. It says in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. You see it, you want it. And your eyes will lead your body to get it. Because you got to have it. Because you've seen it. And then he says this. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And so what he's saying is your eyes will direct you. Because you can't go anywhere without seeing it, right? And so when you see these things and you have to have these things, there's a couple things that are going to happen. He's a little wordplay, and he's going to say that you can have generous eyes or you can have envious eyes. I've got to have it. I'll die without it. I've got to have it. I'll refinance it. I'll lease it. I'll go into debt over it. He says if you have envious eyes or greedy eyes, he says your whole body will be filled of darkness. Again, this is a heart issue. So what does this mean? Does this mean you can never, ever get a new iPhone? No, that's ridiculous. Although the new one wasn't that great from what I've seen. Does it mean that you don't have a lake house? No. Does it mean that you can't own a boat? No. Does it mean that you never get a car? No. Does it mean that you can't buy nice new clothes? It doesn't mean any of that. Here's where this lands. And this is the extraordinary liberating principle. Because see, what some of us do when it comes to this is, is we say, okay, well, I don't want to be greedy. So we just jump completely to the other side and we say, well, I can't have anything. And we judge everybody, which goes into last week, and gossip about people because they get things, which doesn't help anybody. So here is what we do when it comes to greed and how we combat it. Okay? Listen, some of the most generous people I've ever met are also some of the wealthiest people I've ever met. And some of the stingiest, greediest people are some of the people that don't have very much. So this is not a money thing. This is a heart thing. 
And so how do you combat greed? How do I combat greed in our hearts? Well, there's two words, gratitude and generosity. And the first one is that I'm going to talk about is gratitude. We've talked about this a lot. You can't see what you already have because all we can see is what we don't have, right? We're all guilty of it. Right? And this thing, I was supposed to pull out my iPhone. It's in my pocket. This doesn't help, does it? This doesn't help any of us combat this. Because all we see is what we don't have. All we see is what they have. Or what they tell us we should have. One of my favorite lines ever comes from Andy Stanley. He says, there is no win in comparison. Did you know that? If you are comparing your life and who you are and your stuff to somebody else's, you will lose every time. It will make you a miserable person. The other thing for everybody that's listening to this in this room and probably watching online, the other thing that you have to remember is this when it comes to gratitude is you already won the lottery. You were born in the United States of America. Do you know that? You are, listen, we have poor in our country. The poor, in our, and I'm not downplaying what's going on, okay, but the poor in our country do not even compare to the poor in other parts of the world. It's not even the same. And most of us in this room and probably listening, to be honest with you, listen, we've got it pretty good, don't we? Now, some of us have more than others and all that. Okay, most of us in this room and listening to this, we've got it pretty, pretty good good. But what we say is this, let's be honest. When we look at other people's lives, some of us, this is where we go to, it's not fair. You ever use that? Like a four-year-old? It's not fair. It's not fair because my husband works just as hard as her husband does. And it's not fair because we've saved, and it's not fair because we went to college and they didn't, and it's not fair because we are good people. They are not. You ever use those things? At least thought them? It's not fair. The truth is, and hopefully you know this, you don't want what's fair. Because if tonight, if God was to decide that tomorrow morning everybody will wake up and there will be equal distribution of wealth and talent and health throughout the world, most of us in this room, and I would argue almost everybody in this room, would take a whole lot of steps back tomorrow morning, wouldn't we? So we don't want what's fair. So stop using that. You know what you want and I want? I want more. That's what I want. At least be honest about it. I don't really want what's fair. I want more. I don't really want what's fair. You know what some of us are at? And this goes into the jealousy thing and the envy thing. I don't want what's fair. I just want to be a little bit ahead of you. You have anybody like that? You're going to have some turkey with anybody like that this week, right? Sister-in-law comes in, right? Brother-in-law comes in. I don't want what's fair. I just want more than them. So that finally, I can be the one bragging about everything going on in my life. I just want to drive what you drive, live where you live, dress like you dress. I want to be able to fit into what you fit into. I don't want what's fair. I just want more. Because if what we got was fair, most of us would go back just a little bit. 
And most of us would go back quite a bit. So how do we combat all of that? Again, we learn to be grateful. We learn to be thankful. Like five weeks ago, we did this really uncomfortable thing where I made all of you that were here in this room turn to a neighbor and tell them all of the things that you have to be thankful for. I'm not going to make you do that again. But um, here's the thing. You did that, right? You know that you have things to be thankful for. In my house, I'm telling you, you guys don't understand how much a better human being my wife is than me. Do you know what we have in our house right now? This is a true story. We have a thankful tree. It's our Christmas tree, but without Christmas decorations on it. And there's little chalkboards all around it. And we have to write all of the things that we have to be thankful for. And we're not allowed to put up Christmas decorations till after Thanksgiving because it's un-American. Okay? And so, uh, but we have this thankful tree because we have to be thankful for this stuff. And part of being thankful and gratitude to me is learning to be content with what I've been given. There's this great verse. It comes in 1 Timothy. It says this. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world and we can take nothing, take, you cannot take anything out of it. Do you know that? I've done a lot of funerals. Nobody ever gets to take anything with them. It stays. But if we have food and clothing, which most of us have, with these we should be content. But those who desire to be rich in temptation and fall into a snare into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Did you notice the Bible never says that money is evil? It's the love of it. It's the, the, the consumption of it. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the path and pierced themselves with many pangs. <clears throat> so the first thing is, I gotta go quick. First thing is grateful. The next one is, okay, so you gotta be grateful and now you have to be generous. All right, which is the part nobody likes to talk about, and nobody likes to talk about it when the preacher talks about it at church because it's talking about money, all right? So let me go ahead and tell you this. If you're new to Journey, I've been here. We talk about money one time a year. You just happen to be here, all right? Congratulations, all right? So here's the thing. Let me go ahead and tell you this. The people that I know that are truly generous are not the people that get guilted into giving because somebody wears a microphone and tells them they should. The people that I know that are truly generous don't watch some sappy commercial with Sarah McLaughlin playing in the background, right? It is a sad commercial, though. It's the people that decide before that they're going to give. The people that I know that are generous doesn't need somebody to talk them into it. People that are generous didn't need that entire first 25 minutes I gave you. They've already decided they're going to give. Because that's what you do to combat greed. You give. And it's through, ready? You're going to hate this. Percentage prioritized giving. Ready? Percentage prioritized giving. So what does that mean? The first one is percentage. Now, many of you guys have been around the church and we're in the Bible Belt, so you know enough to know the Bible talks about 10%, right? 10%, 10% for 10%. Okay, that's great, okay? Don't give 10%. Maybe you start with one. Maybe you start with a half a percent. I don't know what it is for you that you can, can give right now, okay? Here's what I do believe. We can always give more than we think we can give, okay? But, but here's the thing. You start with a percentage, and here's why. Because it's deciding beforehand that I'm going to give away a percentage of what's coming to me. I am not going to live with the assumption that it's all for my consumption. And so before I fund anything else for myself, I'm going to pick a percentage and I'm going to give it away. So the first part is a percentage. That way it's not guilted giving. 
I didn't feel guilted into giving. I've decided on my own to combat greed and this lifestyle that our culture tells us we have to have. I'm going to fight that by giving away a percentage of what comes in. I do this. My wife does this. The second thing is priority. Before I fund anything from my kingdom, before I fund my lifestyle, before I upgrade my car, my house, my phone, my computer, my watch, my wardrobe, I'm going to take a percentage of what's coming in before I have a chance to use it anywhere else, and I'm going to give it away. Percentage, you pick. I have no idea how much anybody gives here at all. The only people I ever ask our treasurer if they give is our staff, because if you're making money off Jesus, you better be giving back to Jesus, all right? Percentage, prioritized giving. Now, let me go ahead and say this. You guys know we're not going to pass plates. We never pass plates. We're not even taking an offering and give online or on your way out. But here's the thing. If you're suspicious about journey or you're suspicious about the church when it comes to money, let me just take that off the table. If you don't trust us, if you don't trust me, great. I will tell you, you will not find an organization about as transparent as we are. In fact, in just a few weeks, everybody, if you want it, is going to get a copy of the budget. Even if you've never given a dime, you can see how where all of our money goes, how it's spent. We make that available every year. We have people email us all the time, say, hey, can we see how you spend your money? Do you know what we do? We say, how dare those idiots? No, we email them back the budget and say, here's where our money went. Here's where it's at. You want to know? It's your, you were the one that gave it, right? The other thing you have to know is we give away 10 to 20% of what comes in. See, we don't want to preach be generous and then not be generous as an organization, we don't want to preach generosity and then not be generous as individuals ourselves. And the other thing is this, and I, I'm going to tell you this, and you may not believe this about this church yet. You will not find an organization more committed to change, not only in this community, but also the community around us. We want to see this community changed. And generosity is one of the things that do that, okay? But if that's not enough, I get it. So here's the thing. Percentage prioritized giving, and if you don't want to give to us, great. All right? Find somebody you can give to. Now, you ready? I triple dog dare you <laughs> to be generous. Triple dog. That's the highest it could get from what I've heard. <laughs> and to find some place you can give where you can be generous. And you can take a percentage and you can prioritize it and you can give. Because here's where it comes down to. Who and what is in control of your life? Is it money and stuff? Or for those of us that are Christians, is it chasing after the kingdom of God? Let me just tell you, I have regretted buying a whole lot of things. I have never regretted giving to help somebody. Never. I have made some terrible financial decisions over my life. I have never regretted being more generous. You know what else? I've never worried about the money that I gave away. You know the money I worry about is the money I keep. How am I going to use it? I've never once had anxiety about the money I gave away. I do have anxiety about all this other stuff. Now, here's the challenge. Ready? Okay, do you want to have a healthier heart? Do you want to have something that's bigger than you? Do you want to fight greed? Do you not want people to think that you're a greedy person? All right, here's the thing. Prioritize percentage giving. Did you know the average American gives away less than 2% of what they have? Less than 
We have been the most blessed nation to ever walk the face of this planet. If I'm being honest, I think Jesus might look at some of us and he might say, don't you know that life is more than the acquisition of things? Don't you know that life is more than your bank account? So what's in your heart? What's in my heart? And what are we going to do about it? Let's pray.